My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Hello and welcome to another episode of An Irishman in America with me, Jarlath Regan, and of course, our US correspondent, Marion McKeown. Well, in case you've been living under a rock, you'll know that the Taliban have seized power in Afghanistan two weeks before the US was set to complete its troop withdrawal after a very expensive two-decade war. Insurgents stormed across the country, capturing all the major cities in a matter of days, as Afghan security forces, trained and equipped by the US and its allies, melted away. But what exactly is happening in Afghanistan, and what does it mean for the future? And more importantly, could we have predicted this from the history of the situation? Well, who better to explain exactly what's going on than Marion McKeown? Marion, it's been pretty traumatic to watch. Is America awake to what's going on here? You know, I think that it, it, what we're seeing and what we're witnessing and the, the images we're seeing are, are so harrowing and and just the desperation and terror on the faces of the Afghani people that we saw running to the airport trying to hold on to the sides of, of airplanes. Uh, it, it's harrowing and it's heartbreaking. America has a different view of this from the rest of the world. I'll try and explain this as, as best I can, because the American view at the moment and to be brief about it, a lot of people have said to me from Ireland who I've been chatting to, God, you know, Biden's usually so empathic and suddenly he's all Trumpy on this one, you know, that it's it's America first and that's basically it. And, you know, that is, I think, true. I think a lot of people have been surprised by how Biden has been so almost definite on this that he's saying, you know, like, we, yes, we'll get the Americans out. And once the Americans are out, well, you know, after that, that he, let's let's be very brief here about um, when Joe Biden became president, he adopted a totally different approach to foreign policy. And it was one that was engineered by a guy called Jake Sullivan, very brilliant young guy who was a young campaign advisor for Hillary Clinton back in, in 2016 and then worked with Obama before that. Widely, he's now Biden's national security advisor, regarded by everybody Washington as a super smart guy. But he said, along with Tony Blinken, the secretary of state, look, we have to change how we do American 
foreign policy. American foreign policy has to be about benefiting the American middle classes. And we are going to look at everything through that prison in future. So that means that if we see something awful happening uh, overseas uh, somewhere, unless it directly impinges our self-interest and our national interest, we're not going to go near it. And that is, as I say, that that American, it, it, it has to benefit America. So it is America first, much as Trump is America first, although this is a more nuanced version. Now, Biden was never, by his own account, and by several other people's accounts as well, a fan of the war in Afghanistan. He believed America, look, the thing is, there have been so many mistakes made, and we can go through this um, mm. fairly rapidly when, when we get this point out of the way. But he, he was always, even um, when Obama was president, he wanted to get out of Afghanistan. And he was one of the people who, after they got bin Laden, uh, who said, OK, look, we've done our job now. We went in here to degrade al-Qaeda, to bomb them into rubble and to kill bin Laden. We've done those things now. Now we're leaving. There were other people who said, but we can't just turn our backs on what's happening. Uh, look, look at if we leave, what will happen to the Afghan women and girls? Say, you know, the Taliban will come back. And Biden was one of the people who said, if we do it in 2010 or 2020 or 2030, it'll be the same result. So that has always been Biden's viewpoint. And that's what he articulated in quite a ruthless way for Biden. That sounded very harsh and certainly lacking in empathy when he said, you know, Basically, the Afghans weren't prepared to fight to defend their own country. And, uh, you know, the government was completely corrupt. So therefore, what's the point in us staying? That is disingenuous, partially, mm. because, you know, first of all, yes, you could say on broad strokes that Biden's right from the American perspective. But also it's important for him that about 70 percent of Americans want the US to withdraw from Afghanistan completely and to hell with the consequences. And if that means that that women and young girls uh, go back to lives of misery and oppression, well, so be it. So that's America's view, generally speaking, up to about 70% of America feels that way. And Biden, like all politicians, is looking to 22 and 24 and to the elections. So he wants to make sure that you know, before, like leaders are supposed to lead and you persuade the public to follow you. But increasingly in America, leaders look at the polls and indeed they always have. And they decide, OK, well, this is what Americans want. So I'd better give it to them if I want to get reelected. So there's a lot of that going on because I think that Biden has oversimplified it in his explanation for starters saying, well, if we go back, you know, it, uh, like whether we stay for another 10 or 20 years or another 10 or 20 days, the result is the same. Not necessarily true, because if you stay in some form for another 10 or 20 years, you then have 40 years of women being used to being educated, of improving. We all know that the single best way to improve an economy, to improve a country is through education. We saw the difference between Ireland's economy when when free secondary school education was introduced. That was one of the single biggest things that happened to improve the Irish economy. Uh, I saw, you know, I worked in Somalia for years. I worked on the Syrian border for years. The one thing you do for a country to help a country is to educate its people. And that was happening over the past 20 years in Afghanistan. Now, it was patchy, admittedly. You had cities like Herat, where you had a lot of young girls and women going to college. You have rural places where there are still 1% of girls and women who are literate. So it was never even so. But I think that certainly the longer that you had allowed 
women and, and young girls access in some form to school, the stronger the country is going to become as a result and, and the better the whole country will become as a result of having some kind of a focus on education. And, you know, it becomes when people get used to having some freedoms, they don't want to go back to being repressed. They don't want to go back to, to being under the cot. And that's not just true of women, it's men also. So I think that Biden has been a little disingenuous there. But the other thing he's disingenuous about and, and that America is wrong about, I've seen this, as I say, I saw it in Somalia, I see it in other places where the West, led by the US, gets involved. They install a government of their choosing. It's a bit like Henry Ford, mm. and he'd say to the American customers, you can have any car you want so long as it's black. Well, what America does over and over again, with the support of the West and the EU and the rest, is they go into a country like Afghanistan, and they'll say, or Iraq, or Somalia, and they, they will say, okay, you can have any government you want. We're going to let you have democracy. But guess what? We're going to pick the government. We're going to handpick the government. And then we're, 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 you know, and we're going to call it a democracy. And this is the mistake that's made over and over. What happens is they handpick people who are who will kowtow to the West. They then give them a truckload of funds, as we saw again in Afghanistan, billions and billions of dollars. And guess what they do? It becomes corrupt. They pocket it. They give it to themselves, their buddies, their cronies, their tribe. And that is how it works over and over. Because the one thing that America never understands, whether it's Iraq, whether it's Iran, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's Somalia, wherever it is, is that in most countries outside of the West are tribal, especially in the poorer countries. So in Afghanistan, there's a pecking order of loyalty. So you will have a tribe like the Pashtuns account for about 40, 45% of Afghani people. Their first loyalty is to their tribe. I think it's the, the Tikrits are about 27%. The Hazaris are about 10% and so on. So everyone of the, the, every Afghan person who's born is first loyal to their tribe. So putting a centralized government somewhere like Kabul, where it doesn't work because they have no influence outside of Kabul. So if you're living you know, in one of the provinces, that is a poor conservative province, what happens in Kabul doesn't impact you. You don't get the money from Kabul. You don't get the benefits from Kabul. Probably a lot of your family are believe in the Taliban or support the Taliban, or your, your tribe might be liaised with the Taliban in some way. So for America to think that it can go in and stick a puppet in Kabul and think, throw loads of money at him and, and that'll solve the problems is crazy. And likewise with the army. And, you know, for Biden to say the, the Taliban army basically that they were cowards, that they wouldn't fight, is so unfair. And a lot of American military, and in fact, two, two American senior former, they're now retired, Lieutenant Colonels that I spoke with, said that that was so wrong for him to have said that because the Afghans do not lack courage. They've been fighting for since the British, like in, in one form or another. They've been fighting successive invaders. They've been fighting, you know, as the British, the Russians, the Americans. They fight each other as warlords and tribes. If there's one thing that the Afghans know, it's fighting. And mm. it's not that they lack courage. What they lack the will to do was to lose their lives and have their families killed for a corrupt government in Kabul that did nothing for anybody but itself and a couple of cronies. And again, this is something that Americans do not 
understand and that the West does not understand that, you know, if, if you're in an Afghan army and in fact, most of them hadn't been paid, they said for months, they were starving, their families were starving, they had no equipment and they're expected to fight. Of course, they just drifted off. And this was all known. There were reports being done every month by, um, it, it was the American, the Inspector General for the Reconstruction of Afghanistan, the Special Inspector General. He did reports every month saying, these are ghost armies. These soldiers don't exist. These 300,000. I've read up about 70 of his reports, flicked through them. This was, all this writing has been on the wall, you know, for America to say it wasn't aware of what was going on or that they didn't believe that this could happen so quickly or they were caught by surprise. Well, they should have been reading the reports they were commissioning. And, you know, so that's just some of the threads of this absolutely appalling mess that America's in at the moment and that Afghanistan, much more importantly, is finding itself in. So there you have it. That's your taste of the Irishman in America for this week with Marion McKeown. Come on over and hear the rest of the conversation by becoming a member at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and enjoy all these conversations in full, including our feature interview every Sunday and our back catalogue of nearly eight years of interviews at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encourage espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.